Welcome to Ravens at the Crossroads. I'm Mistress Prime. I'm Tyler Matthews. This is a continuation of the series of interviews from the final Pantheonicon, with attendees sharing their thoughts and feelings about the event, its ending, and all the possible future events that may arise to fill the absence. If you want to hear this series from the beginning, please look for episode 17. We are joined now by Butterfly Moon and Jay. All right. That sounds like proper billing to me. Okay. Wasn't sure. Just want to make sure. Everybody's got their own terms. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know. It's really late, you guys. Thank you so much for staying up with us. Yeah, it's almost one in the morning. Yeah, we're going to miss... We missed the shuttle, obviously, so we're probably going to have to... Uber it back. Yeah. Which is not a big deal. No, it's only like... All I have to do is get the scooter to make it back up the elevator. That should be fine. You've been charging for a couple hours now. Yeah. You'd think... You'd think. <laughs> but, uh... It, it makes it across the hotel once, oh, and no. then it's out of power. Wow. Yeah, this oh, is one really you're bad. renting, right? Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. This is a rental. This was... This was my Pantheacon this year. It's all about... Look. Yeah, Butterfly Moon is disabled. Uh, I saw your post on uh, the unofficial Pagan Project, and I was like, who the hell's being... Or, Pagan group in... The unofficial Pantheacon Facebook community. There we go. I've had more than one incident this time that uh, I've become a piece of furniture. People have climbed on me. People have... um, Adult people. Adult people. I mean, it's one thing if the kids climb on me, that's okay. I look like a jungle gym sometimes sitting on that (laughs) thing. But I'm on a scooter... And I was trying to back up to park the scooter in a, a le- workshop. Mm-hmm. Woman came through the door, decided the gap between my back end and the chair was where she was going to walk, even though my scooter was in motion. And when the space got too narrow, she put her foot on the scooter and her hand on my shoulder and went up and over the back of the scooter. Just climbed over you. Just climbed over. Like you weren't actually there. Not like you're a real person or anything. No, I was a piece of furniture. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I'm sorry you went through that. And and it's one of those things that it's one of those things that you get used to when you are disabled, not being seen, not being heard, not being looked at or talked to. But one of the things I love about Pantheacon is it's one of it's one of, I think, two pagan events that are held indoors so disabled people can attend. I cannot do outdoor events or campouts. The ground is uneven. My mobility devices don't work there. I'm just not possible. Mm-hmm. Losing Pantheacon means I have to fly across the country to go to another hotel show unless we create another one. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that the next version of this will be great and and accessible but i also think that we have to create a better space i agree i've, I've heard some of your comments seen them on facebook and as somebody who is not differently abled i don't face those issues so it doesn't come to my forefront until somebody uh, brings it up and i feel bad about that because i don't have to think about it and most people don't, and, and it's good they don't have to think about it. But I would like it if they would 
see that we're here. Right. No, I, you don't have to think about it all the time. Just my thing is always don't put another obstacle in my way. And I think it's just a simple fact that a lot of people don't think. Yeah. Uh, it, we actually, I went to a meetup recently, uh, two weeks ago. And I know that the group had good intentions. Like, oh, we want we want to do Pantheacon except out and camping. And I'm like, but the problem is, is that excludes a large portion of the community. Yes, because it... they, even if uh, Mistress Prime wanted to go camping, she couldn't easily because she has stuff that she needs. I, not to mention that, like, traditional camping... For those of us who have uh, knee and back issues, it's it's painful. It's very painful. And if you have allergies or asthma, uh, <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah. I have trouble getting off a regular bed, let alone off the ground. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uneven ground, wheels. If, I, I'm a Ren Fair person. I've gone to Ren Fairs where we've left early because the wheels of my walker sink into the silt or the mulch that they put down mm-hmm. and I get stuck and the wheels on the bus no longer go round and round exactly and it's so much fun to watch him trying to pull me out considering my relative size mm. yeah oh. wait I'm getting video of that next time <laughs> <laughs> no my absolute favorite was I got stuck as the parade was headed my way and my friends are in the um, Scottish clans, mm-hmm. and they realized what was going on, and they gave the orders, and the guys, big guys, marched out and picked me and the walker up and moved me off to the side. <laughs> it was hysterical. I mean, I knew they were coming in, so they sort of had my permission to pick me up and move me, but it was along the lines of, of watching my friend's faces. He realized I was stuck and that the parade was about to walk right over me. Yikes. And they did it more or less in cadence. Yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Um, but there are times when, you know, I want to be a regular part of the rituals. I mm-hmm. want to be a regular part of the events. And I can't always do it. And that's, that's a good point for those of us who plan rituals and do public events. Yeah. Think about those who are differently abled than what you are. Um, this isn't pagan specifically, but I did an escape room, and one of the things that they asked was, are any of you colorblind? Because they had to change one of the uh, trials that is in the escape room for that, and it's like, it would have never occurred to me when creating something like that. Actually, that was brought up at one of the one of the conferences that I had been at with regards to, uh, it was a workshop regarding um, websites and being mindful of colorblindness mm-hmm. when uh, putting in certain colored fonts and highlights for your links so that people could recognize that there is an actual link there sometimes. To continue to the next page, press the green button. Yeah. Up yours. There's no red, green, or purple here that I can help myself to. Right. Exactly. So it was kind of a... It was something I hadn't thought of before. Mm -hmm. And so, oh, this is something we need to be aware of. Yeah. 
I've had to learn to have a, a conversation differently. Can I? Yes, you may. Jay is almost completely colorblind. I've had to learn to describe things differently. Mm. I can't say, could you hand me my blue cane? He just turns and glares at me. <laughs> because I have a, a stand with 20 different canes in it. Yes. He has no idea well, why don't what you color they are. Put a rune on each one. Well, actually, once upon a time, I had ones that had like animal heads and different. So we named them all. Okay. So I could say, hand me Kwai Cheng Kane. Hand me, you know, we gave them puns, of course. Mm. Um, because he couldn't, you know, see the colors. Right. But yeah, there's there's different things that can be done. What my One of my big things is ADA is great, except most people in acting it uh, stick to the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law. So it becomes really hard to explain to people, yeah, I see there's this lovely grab bar in the shower. It's going right through the soap dish. Where am I supposed to put the bar of soap? If I put it on the floor, I'm going to slip on it. Mm -hmm. If I... Oh, look, they took out the towel shelf so they could put another something in. Where am I supposed to put the towel down? If I put it on the floor, I'm going to trip over it. Or it's a roll-in shower and it's a fixed shower head. The, The shower head isn't fixed in the one that we're in this week but it is up over six feet high if i was by myself i could not get it down to use it it's ridiculous it's on a hose but it's there's no second hook to put it lower that's ridiculous then you you end up doing the shower samba trying to get in under the specific part of the stream you want because I can't adjust it from there. Right, no. And my favorite is um, when we got in, it's a roll-in shower and there's no seat in it. Yeah. Nobody showers in their electric wheelchair. <laughs> Letter of the law versus spirit of the law. Right. right. <laughs> well, and even just, so the room that we're in, this isn't so much accessibility for... That room's, the bathroom's smaller than yeah. I would expect, but yeah. It's small, but they also put the toilet, toilet paper, paper. <laughs> back behind you. I, I'm like, I'm not an owl. Like, <laughs> I can't I'm turn not, all the way around. Yeah, it, I'm not that flexible. It's like, and it's, it's back and behind you, and it's like, how am I supposed to get... Yeah. It's awkward, and I can just think of somebody... Who has issues with mobility? Reach around toilet paper. How fun! Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was not. Uh, There's a couple issues I have with that bathroom, but yeah. yeah, yeah. And they don't. Even in the accessible rooms, they don't think about it. But um, bathroom stalls in general are are a whole nother long speech about no really. Even if I can fit through the door, it doesn't mean I can close the door. Right. right. At normal stalls, I have that problem. I'm, I'm not a small guy. Exactly. And it's not like I'm huge. It's just I'm, I'm a husky dude. Mm. 
Then you have to turn and suck it up, Buttercup. Well, that's even doing that. There are times I'm like, I can't. Fit. Like the door doesn't. Yeah. It's like, who who opens the door inward? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like you got to climb over the toilet and then like kind of hover, like climb, face the wall over the toilet and then slam the door behind you so that you can get out from on top of the toilet so you can turn around and use the toilet. Pretty much. It's, yeah. You have to straddle the toilet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yeah. right. You've got to straddle the toilet to close the door. And I cannot move sideways. It's one of the problems when you your knees have no outer edges and they go wobble on you. Mm-hmm. If you try to go sideways, you tend to fall down. And people say, well, just kind of slide in. I can't do that. You shouldn't have to. Honestly, you should not have to. And, and we've run into places. They've gotten better. Uh, the double tree has gotten better about certain things in like the the, the public area restrooms and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, there are still places where the flooring changes. If you're on a wheelchair or in a mobility device, that change in flooring can send you either sliding at a much faster rate or or make you fall. Mm-hmm. You know, stop your wheels completely. Now, that's not to say we're defining our entire Pantheacon experience through our potty notes. This is true. Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say. (laughs) What else have we done at Pantheacon (laughs) besides choose Boy, I certainly hope there's been other experiences beyond. (laughs) You know, like I was saying to somebody who said, boy, you're just really having a bad time. And I says, well, you know, sometimes that's just life and you got to flush it. The rest of Pantheacon, it's actually been interesting to see how much smaller it is this Mm -hmm. year for me. We started coming in 2009, and it's not as wild as it once was, this is true, but even last year, it was a lot more active. Mm -hmm. I'm looking around, and it's one o'clock in the morning, yeah, and... The lobby's almost deserted. I know, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I'm used to seeing more people still hanging out by the bar, lots of people sitting over by the fireplace. Yeah. You know. Well, there was an issue for me in looking around at the bar on the nights when it was full, and that is, uh, although it is the last Pantheacon, that issue had nothing to do with the fact that it's the grayest Pantheacon I have seen since we started coming. Yes, we've all gotten older. Well, I don't think that there have been... um, I think... I wonder... I can't say any like definitive things, but I wonder if enough of the younger generation are aware of this event. I had that discussion this... I'm on top of it. This very evening with Laura Tempest Sarkov. Uh, talking about what happens when you don't get the word out or what happens when there are people who are, uh, I should say, Christian-locked, land-locked, where their only source of information is whatever esoteric or uh, slightly woo-woo bookstore at the edge of town. They don't hear about things like Pantheacon. They don't know 
what Piganicon is. They have no idea that there's a Dragon Con. Not that they could afford it, but that's another issue. Okay. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of events out there. Our first Pantheacon, we came because we were told it wasn't good. <laughs> so you were like, I got to see this for myself. We were, we literally heard somebody say that it was a horrible thing with orgies in the hallway and That's people terrible. telling what you had to, to, to believe and how you had to worship. Licentious libertines. And we kind of went, okay. The person that we heard most of this from was sort of off the wall anyway and we weren't in agreement with them. So we said, if they don't like it, let's see if we do. And we got here, and within the first five minutes, we were being greeted like everybody knew who we were, and we were accepted immediately. And we knew then we'd be coming back. Mm. Every year we could possibly afford it. Our obstinacy was well rewarded. Nice. And I keep thinking if some of the people, some of the younger people who are only online are only getting information from people like the person we originally heard it from, mm -hmm. they'll never show up at something like this. Right. They'll always assume that it's bad. And some of the drama that's happened at Pantheacon the last couple of years have fed this. Mm -hmm. I talk about Pantheacon and I either get people who have no idea it existed or they say, what is it really all about? Is it, is it pagan pride? And it's like, how do you explain to them, no, way different? Mm -hmm. Well, one, pagan pride is intended for people that are not of the pagan community to learn more about the pagan community. Pantheacon is about celebrating the community. And letting the community learn from itself. For better or for worse. Exactly. For better or for worse. Yeah. Now, I, in, the, in, in most, I'm going to paint a big broad brush here, in most of the Abrahamic religions, once you're in, you're in. Right. Other than going to uh, seminary school and becoming yet another pastor, or perhaps elevating to a deacon in some of the uh, sects, because I'll call them sects, Never mind. The idea of lifelong learning sticks through almost all of various forms of paganism. You've got Gardnerian degrees. You've got first, second, and third level Druidry priests. You've got tons of things that power you and impose upon you an obligation to get better or get out well, that's that's much different from my original experiences with Christianity okay that's a good point yeah thank you and that and that's something that Pantheacon fills as a way to do that lifelong learning and exploration I knew I was not on an Abrahamic path years ago. I didn't know what path I was on. I explored 
Wicca and kind of went, yeah, not me. And didn't know where I was, but we started coming to PantheaCon. And lo and behold, a couple of years in, there was an event that I looked at and thought, why, that's interesting. I like the concept of non-theistic paganism. Okay. Paganism without deity. Five years later, I've watched an entire community come together called Atheopaganism. And while I'm not in the center of that community, because I'm sort of one of the fringe people, because the really deep part of it is all scientific no-woo, I make my living with a deck of tarot cards. I'm deeply, deeply drowning in that woo. So, mm -hmm. I've had to come up with a way to to come to PantheaCon and look at the new community I found because of it and where I can branch that community out to connect to others like me. Mm. And that's and, what... And I haven't stopped trolling you since. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. And I found, you know, when I'm in, in the tarot classes or tarot events... Or even the Ethiopian ones, I, there's always somebody who says, but how can we say that tarot doesn't work or that there's no psychic phenomenon, etc.? And they'll start in with the scientific, and I'll just kind of crook my finger at them and say, come talk to me after. There's mm -hmm. some of us that are like you. Mm -hmm. Okay. But PantheaCon gave me a place mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. I haven't, you know, and you were talking about being all online. I got to call him out on that because 26 years ago, we didn't have PantheaCon. We had AOL chat rooms. Oh, my goodness. Yes, we did. But even then, we tried to push the boundaries. We became um, more intimately equated and, and eventually uh, better friends with those who were at the time called guides. Uh, and a chat guide was somebody who was moderating the room to make mm. sure that uh, trolls and twerps were not uh, <laughs> dominating the conversation. Yeah. Well, and times were very different <clears throat> then versus now. I mean, American online chat rooms were some of my first, like, interactions with people online. And the level of naivety of people at that time versus now I mean you've got third graders that know chat etiquette better than adults did at that time well okay but to be fair kids now they were born into it right and that's the whole culture that they were born into that the rest of us had to go and create oh and I'm not knocking I'm just saying like there's a the whole culture has been shifted both in physical and uh, digital realms very much so and every now and then um, it's it changes so fast about every three to five years it's a whole new ball game mm -hmm. and for those of us who were around back in the stone ages with that funny little modem noise <laughs> I love the sound effects 
for both of them. Yeah, I know. You have to have two voices to do it right, though. <laughs> yeah, we're not laying down separate tracks here, so. <laughs> okay. Some of us who, you know, one, we had AOL chat rooms, and, and that was the first place where we met other people who thought like us. And some of us took that 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 scary step and met some of those people in person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you ran away screaming and started creating safe spaces. And sometimes you met lifelong friends. Mm. But because the, the, the technology and the world of digital changes every few years, every few years I have to pull out a punch card and explain what it is to somebody and what I used to use it for. <laughs> and... I've gotten to the point where I have actually made some, making some jewelry out of the punch cards I used to program on. Really? Really. Huh. Is it? You, you didn't realize. My dad worked for IBM for 35 years. I grew up in the East Los Angeles computer lab, which we recently realized... Jay used to work in this building when my dad was the manager. Oh, whoa. I was the janitor. <laughs> but yeah, my, my, I grew up around the giant IBM facilities. My dad was in their education department and was a branch manager in East L.A., and so I have punch cards. My first declared major in college was information systems. We won't talk about me being asked to leave the department. Uh, just because I missed a semicolon and used up an entire tape drive. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask Oops. you if you'd accidentally uh, ever dropped your set of punch cards oh, yes <laughs> actually i didn't drop them a freshman knocked me over but uh, <laughs> that's a whole other reordering I, punch cards is nothing compared to setting up a recursive algorithm oh, on a tape drive <laughs> yeah i accidentally sent up a, a recursive on a tape drive and, and the head of the department said you you might he said you should probably think about finding a different major if you made that mistake oh and and so I just and and it was a good thing because I got into information systems because I thought I needed to learn computing to investigate and fall and and research things, and I discovered that no, I didn't, and I did end up eventually finding my niche and what I wanted to do. But yeah, with the digital pagans, and I love it because every now and then one of them will say, well. You must have hit the wrong button and not realized you'd done something, or, or, or you don't understand the way this works. And and I'll just kind of look at them or or type at them, glaring at you now. <laughs> uh, and I know exactly what I'm doing. And would you like me to send you a punch card from my old programming days? So it's, I'm turning them into jewelry now, so I can send them the jewelry. <laughs> I, I do have to say, though, that the experience of places like this um, or Pagan Prides or anything else where there are public or semi-public rituals 
have not only taught me about other people's religions and their types of belief, but it's also taught me that if you're going to reach out your hand and say, here, take my hand, brother, them, they, oh, just take my hand. Those are the kinds of things that make a 65-year-old man have to stop and think about who I'm interacting with. Okay. Well, and and it's one of the things I say is that it keeps us from being those dodgy old people because we do come to things like this. Mm-hmm. And I am learning to say they, right. them, because when I'm at Pantheacon, nobody is what you think they are. True. Mm-hmm. They are who they are. Right. And you have to honor that. Exactly. Are you ready to recite? Parts is parts, and and love love is love. And if my parts don't do it for you, I hope you find somebody's who do. And most importantly, I hope you learn to love your parts. That is fucking amazing. (laughs) Did you guys rehearse that before coming over here? We say it constantly. It's it's one of our favorite... It's It's an arm around the shoulder talk to a lot of folks who find themselves out of sorts with what society's expectations are of how they should behave. That is I love it. And so we say it all the time and I always joke, I know scientifically about 10% of the population is differently gendered or attractive. So why are 50% of my friends in the LBGTQI community? I mean, at least half of our friends fall under the label queer. Mm-hmm. LBGTQ, trans, whatever. And we kind of... And the part that I love... Okay, 50% of... Of the 50% of the supposedly straight, cis, heteronormative, at least half of those are poly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're the last dinosaurs that are monogamous. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But one of the things we say, and the reason we say that about parts is parts, is because we really don't care. It's about the person in front of us. Right. And one of the things I was in tonight, we were talking about what what do we hope for and all that went through my mind is to stop this othering of people we're all people we're het we're cis we're full of piss get off my sexual lawn (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) don't be norse Which is our code word for make sure you're not being politically incorrect. It's don't be Norse. Mm. <laughs> because, as as Yvonne knows, I've run into my fair share of folkers. And I was very careful to pronounce that. Yep. Yep. So. I'm, I'm staying very quiet right over here. Yep. Yeah. And so one of our things is is that Pantheacon has taught me, be there for the ones that are being othered. Because as a disabled person, I've been othered. Mm. 
as somebody who grew up Jewish, I've been othered. As somebody who grew up weird, I've been othered. What, you're weird? Me? <laughs> I hope your listeners know that we're, we're doing all this inside of little mic pods. And all we can see are each other's eyebrows, practically speaking. <laughs> Pretty much. So, so when, when she accused us of having to rehearse things, I said, oh, she missed the code. <laughs> blink, blink, one, two, one, two, right, left. So since you do work with tarot, I want to show you a deck. Oh, what do we got here? The Arcanas? Got to make me take my glasses off. Thanks. And uh, while you go over that... Oh, the gate hero. I've seen this one. Oh, have you? Yeah, I've come on. These. She's seen them all. I'm sure. I work in a New Age bookstore that carries more than 150 different tarot decks at any one time. That does not include the more than 100 oracle decks. Holy cow. Wow. And that is a constantly changing stock. At any one time, there's usually about 300 different decks in print. Okay. Oh, wait, I just turned into a tarot teacher again. What? <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Talk amongst yourself while I play with the cards. Okay. So, how has your experience been this year? Actually, no, no, no. Let me back up. Okay. What is one of your most enjoyable moments at Pantheacon in all the years that you guys have been coming? Oh, in the whole time we've been coming? Yeah. I think uh, having reached the end of the Pantheacon, where we not only vended, but presented, and then survived, <laughs> even though the car broke down on the way up here. Yikes. And we had no idea when we were repacking everything into it, if it would go away on its own power or if we were going to be towed the entire way back to L.A. Oh. Oh, that's not the half of that story. No, but it's it's a podcast here. It's not War and Peace. <laughs> We've ended. We presented. The car broke down on the way up here. And I was in complete shock because my dad had died less than two weeks before oh. people ask me about that and I say I know I was there I have very little memory other than the car making that weird noise it was just I spent an entire weekend selling jewelry not knowing what I was doing giving a lecture not knowing what I was saying uh, and then wondering how I was going to get home but this is a place where, the pan where we can say something really positive about the Pantheacon community. Our daughter. Our daughter, who's not our daughter. <laughs> the lady who came to hug us earlier. Okay. She was working for me in the booth. I had met her the year before, and she'd asked me some questions about tarot, and she'd volunteered to help me with the booth. She was studying mechanics and she went to some of the other vendors and found a couple of other mechanics and they went out to the parking lot and fixed the car <gasps> that's, that's so great. amazing i love that that's pantheacon that's community it is that is community that's great and i'm loving this deck you handed me the what is this 
This is the St. Jinx Arcana, the Gay Tarot. And what I'm loving is I got to a card called Virgo. And oh, look, he has a cybernetic leg. It's, it's armor. It's armor, yeah. but it goes up over his right knee. Oh, okay. My right knee is the one that will not hold my weight up, that I cannot gotcha. stand on at all. I can't walk on That's it That's something I didn't catch. I didn't realize that it looks like he's got a knee replacement, essentially. Basically. <laughs> She's like, continue on without me. As she drools over the cards. They're, they're drool-worthy cards. I'm not going to argue. Uh, this is a really cool deck. Yeah, it's. This, I love it. This is my life. Yeah, well... In the gold foil on the outsides. Yeah, the the gilt is uh, so, the gilding. So why is the blank rider weight card in there? Uh, because my class we uh, did a lesson on tarot, and that's a card that I'm supposed to. Is that homework that you didn't finish? No. Oh, okay. Well, kind of, but no. Because <laughs> I got two cards. That's the second card. The first card was I had to uh, meditate with it and come up with a like oracle style card and put a meaning towards that. And then that was just the spare card I had with it. I see. And how did that make you feel? <laughs> it was a little intimidating because it was like, I have no idea. But to be honest, uh, I've got some classmates that are amazing with tarot um nat yes uh who's actually taught here at pantheacon uh is just phenomenal with divination and tarot and so she was the actual one that thought of and brought that all up so that's where that came from was uh some information that nat had brought well um, th that reminds me of a pleasant pantheacon moment mm. Jamie and hacking the tarot. Yes, yes. I think it's probably more something that people that have actually been to Pantheacon would appreciate because I don't think the story and context gives enough. Well, well, it's, it's the basic idea. I rarely, 10 years ago, I rarely told anybody what I did for a living, that I, that I read tarot for a living, let alone that I was a tarot teacher. Hmm. And I came to Pantheacon the first year, and I didn't say anything about it. The Why? Second, I was in the presence of Mary Greer and Rachel Pollock. I wasn't going to toot my horn because they're goddesses. Mm -hmm. And this is from a non-theistic. <laughs> okay. All right. But the second year, I was going to tarot events, and I had missed one because it was at 9 in the morning, and I don't do 9 in the morning, as you know. Wait, there's a nine in the morning? Yeah, that's what I've been told. <laughs> Anti-meridium does not exist in our world. Yeah. So I went to an 11 o'clock class, and I'm we're sitting there, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and I start talking to the people next to me, and this very nice lady says, so do you know much about the tarot? And I said, well, actually, I'm a professional reader and, and have been for 20 years, and um, I teach tarot down in Los Angeles. Oh, really? Do you, what kind of... I said, well, I teach mostly basic stuff, you know, getting people over their fear of the deck and that kind of thing. Okay. 
and we're talking and here comes a griffin to say the lecturer for this tarot class we were in cannot be found they've oh, disappeared no. And she turns to this lady I've been talking to and says, would you take it over and do this class? It turns out this was the person who had done the class I had just missed. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, I've never done a beginning tarot class, but this lady has. <laughs> I'll do it if she stands up and does it with me. Oh. We had about 90 seconds, and, and I said, so what kind of reader are you? And she says, well, I'm... The type that, you know, I show them the cards and have them tell me about it. So what about you? And I said, no, I'm a pure intuitive reader. I know all the meanings and, and use the keyword systems. But then what comes out of the, my mouth isn't always me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, that's different. And in about that 90 seconds, we said, well, let's try this. We spent the next 90 minutes doing what we called hacking the tarot, talking to this room full of people about tarot and had a blast. And we're still friends 10 years later and are talking about doing another class like that one day That's somewhere. Awesome. And they said, thank you so much for doing this. You know, we really appreciate it. And I said, I would love to have a presenter's ribbon. Because at this point, this was only my second Panthea kind. I'd never considered presenting. Mm -hmm. And they took me to the green room and got me a presenter's ribbon. Oh, cool. And that's the one that's at the front of that ribbon hat that oh. I've been wearing this weekend. Okay. I saw that. And that was, it was the start of a connection with, with uh, Jamie and, and a whole group of tarot readers. And it was literally my coming out of the closet in this community as somebody who does tarot and has been... I've now been a professional reader for 30 years. And yes, that really blows my mind. And to be able to say, no, really, I do know this and I have been doing this a long time. So and Tyler I, was five when you started. Worse. Professionally. Professionally. I started studying the cards in 1977. Oh, I was seven. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm old. You're a survivor. Absolutely. We, we can forgive you both your youth. <laughs> Make good use of it. Uh, Trying. Yeah. Trying. I gave up. <laughs> You're... You've probably only given up because it's now one thirty a.m. and high time we get off these stools. Yeah, my butt's kind of sore from this chair. I was going to say, nobody's going to be able to hear us over that floor polisher in a moment. I know, I was just thinking that. I'm like, oh, they're actually like cleaning, cleaning. Yeah. yeah. We were actually originally intending to end around midnight and uh, everything went a lot longer than I expected. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't think we'd still be here. <laughs> Well, and we we've had a lot up. of interest. I, I love the people who have stopped by. And, yeah. uh, Thank you, guys. You're, You're very welcome. welcome. And like I said, did you think you could shut me up? Oh, no. I, I was looking forward to this. I was like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> and now I've actually been on the microphone instead of haranguing you with catcalls from the booth next door. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you guys 
for everything you've done. It's been awesome to see you guys at Pagan Pride, and then now again, uh, this is my second Pentecon game to see you here. Uh, part of the reason why you're so memorable for people who have seen you at Pantheacon is because of your scooter, the way you decorate your scooter. You decorate your scooter. It's like a little parade float. Yes, I do. It started simply enough. Okay, yeah, Butterfly Moon isn't just about a butterfly in that celestial object. It's a rubber butt with a butterfly tattoo. <laughs> yes, it's on the back of the scooter. Yes, it's got lights with little bu- little butterfly lights around it. And I wear light-up hats and have all kinds of ribbons and lights. Because re- remember, we started off talking about people ignoring me or treating me as a piece of furniture. Mm-hmm. If I stand out like that, they recognize there's a person under it. Right. Usually. Usually. Not always. Not though. always. You had two experiences here that but. they did not rec- they did not acknowledge you. But yeah. I, I think that has more to do with um, them than you them than how brightly colored or flashy lights that you have. And and, and that's the other Pantheacon funny story. The first Pantheacon and how we knew we'd come back. Hmm. There was a costume party. I was still ambulatory and and semi-able-bodied. Butterfly Moon is my company name and a character. She is a punk, goth, butterfly, mooning the whole world. And I dressed up as that for the costume party with light-up four-foot butterfly wings Big Frankenstein boots, the torn stockings, the whole nine yards, and the rubber butt on. <laughs> and as I walked past the cafe, all the elders were having dinner, and they just sort of stopped midair, with their forks midair, and their mouths open, and turned and watched me walk by. And the tagline that night was, anybody can make the mundane stare. I can make the pagan stare. (laughs) (laughs) And the rubber butt on the scooter happened because the next morning somebody said, did you see that crazy woman with the multicolored hair and the big boots and the giant light-up wings and the rubber butt? And I said, you mean this rubber butt? (laughs) (laughs) It's you. This one here. (laughs) Because normally I look like everybody's favorite second grade teacher. (laughs) That's, I, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I dress like that on purpose to inspire confidence until I put the rubber butt on. <laughs> so I decorate the scooter so people know that, no, I'm not your favorite second grade teacher. I'm a butterfly who's going to moon the whole world until they pay attention. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. I hope to uh, see you guys soon and do a full interview with you guys once we all get back down to Southern California. Thank you, Tyler. Yep. Thank you, Mistress. Thank you, Mistress. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Thank you both. You. Have a great one. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider donating on our website at ravensatthecrossroads.com. You can also catch future episodes directly from the website or find us on iTunes Music, Google Play Music, or Spotify. 
Follow us on social media, Ravens at the Crossroads on Facebook and Instagram, and at Ravens Crossroad on Twitter. 